In our next instalment of the Art of Conversation podcast, we are joined by Brian Cunningham, Managing Director of Allen Recruitment and Consulting. In this episode, we chat how Allen Recruitment responded to the pandemic, the benefits of cloud-based telephony in the modern day, the importance of embracing change and investing in new technology, and the future possibility for automation in the recruitment industry and beyond. Hope you enjoy. Have you been finding things? Um, we've been really, I, I keep using the word lucky, but we're not lucky. We, it's kind of by design. April was our best month in two years. Wow. May, June was our best month ever. And with a week to go in July, we've just beaten June. So we're having, we've had our best month ever, but it's just phenomenal, you know? Yeah. And um, we saw the whole We've been through two recessions in Ireland in the not too distant past. It was a very hard one just seven or eight years ago that we're still recovering from. And before that, 9-11, hmm. they both kind of nailed our business. You know, it was really difficult and you build up and suddenly you go back to start again and you build up again, you go back. And we made a decision that we wanted to de-risk that. Now, we didn't see a pandemic coming that was going to affect everybody, but the idea was to go into different countries, go into different sectors, and to go into different types of recruitment. And we did that. And look, you know, permanent has disappeared at the moment. It's almost non-existent, whereas the temp business has just gone through the roof, you know, and it's literally a case of our clients have gone from their permanent hiring, they've diverted it straight into temp hiring. And it's what we see happening for the next six, 12, 18 months as people want to de-risk and want to, you know, not take that chance that something it comes back or it's worse or it's better or changes. So the sectors we're in are still working away. They're hiring, you know, people remotely, onboarding them remotely. So it's been really fantastic. But the beauty for us is that our you know, we moved to the cloud-based applications a number of years ago. I can't remember how long we've been with cloud call, but... A long while. Yeah, yeah, it's a good while now, you know. Yeah. But, like, the first time we saw the benefit of having cloud call, we, we bought it for the fact that, yeah, okay, price was important, but the fact that people in different offices or different locations could work off the same system without having all those wires and cables around the place, I think, was really important. But there was a... Probably two years ago, there was a lot of snow. Ireland doesn't get a lot of snow. But there was like, I mean, you know, drifts, you know, outside the windows, feet, feet of snow for about 10 days. And literally everyone was working from home. It was like this, the shorter, sharper working from home. But because our guys could just go home and work on their laptops as they always had, we were able to get loads of candidates. We had some of our best weeks ever, that those weeks, because we could get, get the people firstly. And secondly, we were able to work away, whereas a lot of competitors were stuck with, you know, traditional handset in the office and trying to work off mobiles. And it's just, it's not as professional calling on a mobile number or anything else. So that to us was one of the first times we really saw the benefits of cloud call, and not just the cost or the ease of use or any of that stuff. But like we opened new offices, we literally opened an office in Amsterdam. Just before this, you guys just, there's your Dutch number, grand off you went, you know, we'll be doing the same in Germany, hopefully in the next month or so. And by the end of the year, Sweden and and Spain are going to come on and it's going to be the same lads, you know, Rizwan, give us a new number, please. And off we go. And everyone has a local number. They ring from a local number. That's the other thing. Our recruiters are based generally out of Ireland, but not all. And, um, when they ring someone and they talk to someone it's a local number ringing them so we do a lot of stuff in poland so it's a polish number we all have polish numbers 
the candidates think we're in Poland, they ring Polish numbers, nobody sees any difference. So mm. that's the beauty of what Cloud Call has done to us. You know, mm. it's really made us that this working remotely and working home from home has just been easy. Yeah. You know, it's been an easy transition. I, I don't see us going back. You know, I, I think people crave the office. I think people do. A lot of our staff are young, but they're all saying, well, I'd like to go back on, you know, two days a week or maybe a couple of days a week. But when they go in and find there's nobody there, <laughs> right? they're, yeah. they're not getting that person. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it really is. It's, it's definitely the way to work going forward. Yeah. It, it, it's interesting. On LinkedIn, I saw another agency similar size to us in Dublin. And at the beginning of this, the MD was going, you know, remote will never work and this is not the way and we need that community and the rah-rah that you get in the office and all this. I saw him yesterday talking about, I just, I went into the office and the traffic was as bad as ever. You know, it took me two hours out of my day that I would have, I didn't have to lose mm. when I was working from home. Working from home is definitely the way forward. You know, yeah. how he changed. And, it's and really interesting, isn't it? But the, the good thing is open to change, I guess. I think that's that's the... Uh, the phrase the new normal has started to really irritate me yes um, or, or do you know the other one that's done pivot, pivot. you need to pivot it's like yeah. jesus you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like it, people who are hiring in the middle of this you suddenly turn up and i'm a pharmaceutical expert you know but you've never done anything in pharma again guess what they were out the door and they're busy they don't have time to teach you or to onboard you they already have good agencies or experts or specialists or mm. have that deep sectoral knowledge you know but that word pivot just drove me bananas new yeah, normal yeah. and pivot were two that yeah. got me you know yeah you need to pivot so you can disrupt in the new normal <laughs> <laughs> insert the next buzzword that you can think of but but it was, I was looking back at it and actually, again, LinkedIn, I think has been uh, really interesting and in how, you know, everyone's been up and down and this way, that way with it. But it's just changed. You know, the world has just changed again. It changed when the internet became a thing. It changed when mobile phones and smartphones became a thing. Now it's changed again. And, and I think a lot so of the... Some seismic shifts, that's what it does. Yeah. It, it, it pushed us to accept something that we didn't before. Yeah. And now we're used to it. So why yeah. would you why would you go back into an office? Why would you do that? You know? Exactly that. Exactly and and that. that's that's what the pandemic or it's not just a pandemic. You know, any big thing that's happened has changed how the world's worked over the years. And and that's that's what this is. Yeah. Remote working, you know, is easy now. You know, yeah. the fact that I'm in a pair of shorts here, you don't know that. And it's well, fine. <laughs> professional on the top, not so much yeah. on the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Again, that's all about how you angle your camera. Isn't um, it? <laughs> But, but it's, it's really, so I, we um, recorded a podcast a few weeks ago with um, the, a lady who runs a contact center. She's the contact center technology head for one of the major supermarket chains for legal reasons. I can't name them. Um, but that she was saying how they have done three years of development in four months to ensure that the standards of service that they offered, the technology stack that they had in place was there to make sure customers didn't feel any difference in the service that they had. And they had, I think she said in the first week of the pandemic, they had more calls in one week than they would expect to have in six months. It's amazing, isn't it? And they handled every single one because they just, they just knew they had to do it and then invested. And they didn't worry about, oh no, my contact center. If you think about the, the very idea of a contact center is you've got hundreds of people next to each other. Yeah. You are never going to socially distance in a contact center effectively. Not a chance, they, yeah. They had to send the contact center home. Yeah. And they did. Uh, and it's just amazing how the, the companies that have embraced it, embraced it as change. Um, yep. And to your point, a catalyst to probably do the things they needed to do anyway. Um, 
invest in the right technology and go for it, they're the ones that will come out of this thriving, I think. But even as something we kind of saw happening from a candidate recruitment perspective before this, and again, like, you know, where we talked about that remote working or working from home, it's become more acceptable. So we had clients that were struggling to find certain skills, but those skills exist in other countries more so than where they are. Right. But it was, the issues was, oh, hang on, how do I you know, I find that guy, he'll work remotely for me. And people were struggling with that a little bit. Mm. But the main issues we found when we talked to them is, you know, it's HR issues. How do you employ this guy? How do you pay this guy? Your intellectual property. Like if this guy's writing code for you or whatever he's doing, how do I make sure I own it? And he doesn't own it. You know, how do I offboard someone? How do I let them go? You know, all of these suddenly, it's easier to say no. It always is easier to say no. But one of the big things is they're now going, how do we solve this problem? And, and I think that's the next big challenge for recruitment agencies. That's going to put us, you know, internal recruiters have, have become larger for companies than external recruiters were in that position in the past. So now the internal recruiters are doing it. But guess what? An internal recruiter is employed and operates in your company within that legal entity. If you need to hire that guy in Timbuktu because he's the best guy can do the job, you are suddenly in a situation, how do I hire him? So I think there's an opportunity for recruitment agencies to go, we'll be that link. We will connect you to that guy. So you have a contract with us. We have a contract with him. We manage him. We payroll him. You know, we, we make sure all the IP is covered. We figure those things out and we become that logistics, like even hardware. Think about, you know, we, we had a situation with a client recently where the person, when this happened, went to their home country, never told anybody. Now they've finished and there's a laptop missing. Right? So we're going, where's the laptop? How do we get it back? Now we yeah. found it eventually, but suddenly you think of the logistics of the hardware and other stuff you'd supply to that person. Yeah. But but you you heard um, Mark Zuckerberger and Facebook talk about, well, you know, if you worked, if you're paid a Bay Area San Francisco salary, and now you're living in Ohio, why would I need to pay you San Francisco salary? You know, mm -hmm. it's 80% of Ohio's, the cost of living is a lot less. So there's huge cost savings potentially yeah. for companies, but yeah. it's just that hard to find talent. It's that access to it is the hard part, but they're over there. There's plenty of them there and they'd love to work for your company. And guess what? We had a client in Sofia and they were looking for DevOps guys. And like, you know, a DevOps guy in London or Dublin is an 80 grand more guy, right? Whereas guess what? In Sofia, they were willing to pay 50 or 60 but guess what? We found a guy in Greece who was happy to work at 40 if he stayed in Greece. Like mm. he was paid, that was a good salary for him in Greece. Instead of, you know, they moved it from Dublin or London to Sofia to get access to talent, but also get cheaper ones. But guess what? Move it remotely, right? You get even better people and yeah. you get more savings. So I, I definitely think that will be one of the big things that comes out of that, that global employee yeah. will become something you have because, but I still think there's lots of legal issues and IP and, you know, HR and all of those things need to be addressed. Yeah. Maybe we can be the bridge over both of them. And that's where I, I see our business going. It, it, and it's really interesting. And, and, and it touches on, it's something that's come through on pretty much every podcast that we've recorded the the importance of your partners in rebuilding and reshaping your your business model moving forward and it is about i think there was a shift years ago we certainly saw it in marketing where you have to have all the expertise in-house 
So you would have a specialist for video and a specialist for social. And there's been this shift in the last couple of years, again, that this thing has accelerated, that actually you're better off having a team of really good operators with a broad sense of capability and hiring the expertise when you need it. Yeah. Um, and so the importance of having the right people to advise you on, if I wanted to expand my remote working to international countries, can you help? Do you, yeah. Can you help me? And I will pay you to take on the, the legal side. And there, it just makes total sense. It's, it's about having that expertise on hand when you need it rather than paying for it and it being sat in a corner just in case. Imagine going into your in-house legal guy or your HR person saying, I want to hire this guy in Sophia or Timbuktu, wherever it is, right? And they're going, oh my God, all they can see is problems. You know, the answer is no, you're, you're not doing that. You know, whereas you hire him as a contractor, you're suddenly, you don't have the connection with him. You don't have that. He's not an employee. Like I can see you hiring that guy on a, say a bridged contract, whatever it ends up looking like. But suddenly he is an employee in every sense of the word, except that we're the ones who transact with him. We're the ones who have the legal relationship with him. You know, have a mirrored contract. But the beauty of it is that guy gets on a plane if, if we ever get to fly again, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? But, you know, if you're having that company get together, instead of having those expensive offices in the middle of the city, everyone working remotely. And guess what? You suddenly jump in together once a quarter, once every six months, once a month, whatever it is. Yeah. And you have a more productive, you do all your relationship building, you do all your team stuff and then guys go off and do it. And that, that's the agile method. If you think about yeah, it, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, it yeah, really yeah. is, Yeah, you know, but it suddenly is going to go into every business. I, I was reading yesterday about how doctors in Ireland had to, they were doing a certain amount of telemedicine, they called or telemedicine was the word I think they used, Yeah, but it was basically, you know, consulting with someone like this. Now, okay. If I have to take your pulse, okay, maybe you can do it with your iPhone or your watch or whatever. But if I have to check how your breathing sounds, I need to see you. But what they were saying was they had to take people out of the hospitals because of COVID. So they would do the consultation. Guess what? That sick person wasn't sitting outside with loads of other sick people in the queue yeah, yeah, yeah. waiting to see you and losing half a day. They were able to jump online and do it. And like, it's much more efficient you know and mm. you get through them a lot more okay you need to come in come in i'll see you next week right yeah. whereas before oh, you didn't need to come in there's nothing wrong with you right whereas maybe you could deal with that over the phone or, or video yeah, yeah, yeah. you know it, it's definitely changed lots of different businesses it's really interesting another example i had of, of the, the telehealth one or telemedicine was um stroke diagnosis is it's all done by visual cues yeah. So actually you could just hold up your smartphone on a secure video link to a doctor and they could tell just by looking at you through video, yes, you've had a, a stroke or not. Um, and so that would impact whether you needed the ambulance or not. Yeah. And, and think of the cost savings, think of the efficiencies, the speed, the diagnosis. Um, I can see, I can see it becoming the norm. You know, you don't need to ring up in the morning and try and book. You just go online and you book your, 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 your cloud, your cloud um, appointment with the yeah. doctor and they just yeah. ask you questions. It could be an app that says, you know, hold, hold this to you, yeah. whatever it might be. And, and that's the opportunity for, again, innovation. I think of the devices, you know, your iPhone and your other wearables that people are wearing now, you know, they can do blood pressure, they can do temperature, they can yeah. do heart rates, they can tell you a certain amount of information. Like that's basic stuff to tell a doctor, okay, this is a problem or serious or let's do this. Mm. Um, a friend of mine is an actuary and he was telling me that the company he works for is a lot in the States and for, you know, the highest risk people are 
certain age and certain are diabetics, right? So what they do is they give them devices and they give them like gym memberships and they give them all of this stuff because they're saying it's cheaper to give them this and they monitor them and, you know, their call, call center agent rings them up and says, you haven't done your 10,000 steps today. What are you doing? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's all monitorable. So they're now able to stop that person ending up in a hospital because or, or reduce the number because that's really expensive for them. So it was yeah. cheaper to give people. And, and that's just efficiencies. And that's just yeah, yeah. smart. Yeah. You know, and, and again, that will become the norm. We'll all have a medical device or something that we can plug in. The doctor can see it. And yeah. he's able to, as you say, hold it up to you. Hang on, here, I can hear your heart. Yeah, that's okay. You're good. You're still alive. But it is these things that, I, again, I think it's very similar to what you just said. Is, um, it's an insurance company who, and your premium goes up or down based on your activity. Yeah. yeah. So your health insurance is really expensive if you sit on the couch all day doing nothing and it goes down if you're active and exercising yeah. and you keep a, a food diary. So if you've eaten pizza and chips yeah, and, it, and actually adjust the level of your premium based on what you're doing to keep yourself alive and healthy. But they're doing car, car insurance for younger drivers. Again, they have an app. And if you have the app on and you do this, your premium comes down or stays down. If you yeah. don't, it goes up again. Yeah. And there and it monitors your speed and everything else. But it's the app on your phone that's doing it. Like yeah. we all have at least one phone, right? Yeah. You know, and we generally have it close to us. It's a little bit like the COVID app that we developed here in Ireland. And I was actually it's very unusual for you know the likes of the Guardian and UK newspapers to say nice things about Ireland. And they were talking about how we'd done a fabulous job. And it was a regional company based down in Waterford, you know, that southwest is the east of Ireland. And they basically um had built this in record time. And literally there's been a huge take up. I think, you know, one and a half million people have signed up or, you know, a third of the population or so. And people are checking in and it's working. But they were able to build that app because if you think about it, we all have a phone. And if my phone is close to your phone for more than 15 minutes, suddenly, well, hang on, I've got it. You might have it. You get a message telling you go get tested. You you came in, it doesn't tell you who you came into contact. And it's purely, it's the Bluetooth that's doing it. So your phone comes into my radius. Suddenly you're now registered. How long were you there? Okay, I have it. And then you get a message and off you go. And there's no data privacy. The data is on your phone and it's managed by your phone. It's not big brother looking at you or anything. Yeah. And you kind of think, isn't that fabulous? You know, as a technology piece, as you're tracing and suddenly it's much easier for everybody. So, yeah, you know, but yeah, we we had um, a guy called Joachim Deville, and he runs um, uh, an IoT company. Um, and it was one of those things where we said, well, Internet of Things has been talked about for years and years. It's never going to take off. And then actually you realize it's already taken off. We've just called it something else. Like it, the stuff you talked about with the car insurance and the app, companies like BlackBerry are building it directly into the operating system of the car. It's amazing. You can track your behavior in your driving and it would have changed your insurance premiums. He told us one of um, the two really good ones. One, they put um, chips in cows and then they tracked the cow's daily activity and then they measured its milk output and then they worked out what the optimum daily routine of a cow was to maximize the milk output. And then they put put it into a flower bed and they measured watering, sunlight, heat versus success or growth of the plants so they could optimize the tree. It's amazing. One of our clients is called Mukol. Okay. And basically this farmer came up with this idea. And when a cow is about to calf, the farmers would stay stay up all night because that calf 
gives you your milk for the next while, gives you your next, you know, whether you sell it on for meat or for, you know, for milk or whatever else you do with it. But that's their livelihood. So a lot of them had put in, you know, CCTV monitors in the barns and Daisy's about to, you know, give birth. I need to be up there. And it was all night long type of thing. And this guy basically figured out that a cow, when they're close to calving, swishes their tail in a certain way. And every cow does this. Right. right okay. So basically what he did, if you think about it, was, do you remember the Wii? Do you remember the thing you're playing the Wii and you'd wave it around, right? Yeah. He stuck a Wii on the cow's uh, tail. When it made a certain pattern, it made a phone call to the farmer and said, get down to the barn. Amazing. Daisy, Daisy's about to go. That's but, but now this has been sold all over the world. Now it's a lot slicker. It's not a wee. It's, it's a little tag you put on the cow's tail when they're getting to that point. And the guy just gets a text going, yeah, you're near. You have 10 minutes. Get your ass in gear. And down yeah, he goes. But they're now doing it for when they're breeding and covering the cows. So they're putting it on the bull, right? To track which one cow he went to in the field and which one he didn't. And they then can know who's been covered and who hasn't. But but that's, you know, really smart. Yeah. Like Internet of Things is a great term, but it's we've, we're just getting more of it. Like even you think of tracking, you know, now you can find out when your pizza's gone in the oven and when it's been left the, the shop and, and then yeah. when it's 10 minutes from your house and when it's outside yeah, the door. Yeah. yeah. It's what, like, that's not rocket science, no. you know? It, no. One of the things we're looking at is a building wheel of automations. And one of the things, particularly in this climate, there's lots of candidates looking for jobs and they're quite desperate. People need and want jobs. And we're out the door busy. So guess what's happening? We can't get back to people as much as we'd like to. So we're looking at creating a virtual assistant that tells you where you are, right? Mm. You know, I talked to you, your CV's gone out, right? Yes, it's we're still chasing up with the clients two days later. We haven't got any feedback. We're still looking for you. We'll let you know. Two more days, look, we're still, sorry, we're still chasing. Actually, yes, they want to interview you. Here's, it's a day before your interview. Are you set up? Are you organized? Best to look with your interview. How did you get on afterwards with your interview? We're, we're waiting for feedback. We're chasing for feedback. And all they want is that, that someone hasn't forgotten them. We, yeah. we, call, we do it and we call it Friendly Fridays. And basically everyone we've touched that week, we basically get back to them and tell them we haven't forgotten about them. And that's what we spend our Friday afternoons doing. And it's amazing the goodwill that you get back because... Yeah. People don't know. They're, they're in a vacuum. They have no information. And, and what do recruiters do when you don't know anything or when you don't have candidates for a client or when you don't have feedback? You put your head in the sand and hide. Yeah. And you can never get – that recruiter has been on the phone ringing you every day to get you, right? But guess what? Now when you need them, they're never to be found, right? So, so yeah. we built it into our process, Friendly Fridays, get yeah. back to those people, keep them, keep them informed, yeah. keep talking, you know? Yeah. And even one thing I just wrote down there was AI. Like, you're a marketing person. I'm, I'm sure there's AI in cloud call, is there? You know, it's bound to be in the brochure somewhere, isn't it? Right? Yeah, yeah. Everything has AI now. Yeah. You know, it, it's really – it's the term – it's, it's a marketing term, but AI has been around for since the 60s, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and I remember when I was coming out of college, AI, it was called expert systems then, because if you use the term artificial intelligence, people got scared of Big Brother and, you know, the computers are going to take over the world and it died at death because literally we thought they were going to take all our jobs and everything disappeared. Mm. But now it's much more accepted and now it's there. But what is AI? It's a little bit like you mentioned Internet of Things. It's just snuck up on us. But AI is kind of in everything we do. 
but now we're calling it AI and it's accepted and you want it. So it's really interesting how, you know, terms become more accepted, whereas 40 years ago or 50 years ago or more, they weren't, whereas now they're very accepted. And, and yeah. that's, that's all the change we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. It's just a branding exercise. Is it? <laughs> change, change the name. Don't admit that. Don't admit yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, okay. um, but no, we, we, we are, we've we got some really exciting things coming to our platform. Um, we, we brought on a new CTO four or five months ago. Um, and, and purposely, we picked someone that didn't have a telecoms phone system UC background. We picked someone with a software and a customer service focus. Um, and Paul Clark, his name, he, he's, he's got a banking, you know, recent times his banking, but then he's been at BBC, he's been at ITV, be, building digital media platforms and services. Um, and the thing that we're looking at is, so, so clearly things like Zoom, Microsoft Teams, um, WebEx, the explosion of those video platforms has been huge. And we've had it in our roadmap to build a video platform for quite some time. Um, and we've made the decision, why build something when there's such a proliferation of ones already? Let's focus on integrating the ones that people have already got back into the CRM. Yeah, because so people are always going to have a flavor they like. Yeah. And, you and especially, you know, they've gone, people have moved really quickly the last few months to get something that works. The last thing they want to do is then break that and start again. So if yeah. you've gone to Teams, you want to keep Teams. So, or you've got Zoom, you want to keep Zoom. So we're actually going to look at being the integration piece and take a call like this and put a copy of this against the CRM record. So if this was a job interview, yeah. you would have a copy of that job interview in your bullhorn against my name as the candidate. And then we're going to apply speak to text over it. So it would transcribe the whole piece and then add the AI or pick out keywords, key phrases. So I've, been all... chasing, I've been chasing you guys going, you got to do the speech to text because think of searching, right? Yeah. So we we describe ourselves as we're a data analytics firm first, mm. a technology firm second, and then we're really good recruiters third. Right. Okay. And I look at it and go, when data analytics is about searching. So if I talk to you as a candidate and you tell me you're interested in this or that, or this is, you're really good at that or that information, I'm going to, we add notes to your record in bullhorn is the system we use, which you guys are integrated with, but yeah. we basically, um, add notes, but I might miss that key piece of information. I can't go back and listen to a 15 or 20 or 30 minute call and find that word. So no one picks up on it. But if we could have the text sitting there, you know, as an attachment or as something, when I do my searching in Bullhorn, guess what? Wants to work in, you know, wants to work remotely doing this, this, and this, boom, yeah. up pops the guy. So that is, that will be a huge step forward. Yeah. And we think it's something that, again, we, we think customers will pay for it. You know, oh, yeah. firms like yours, the time saving oh. um, or the, the, the investment in getting it that little bit more right. You know, so if, if a client has very specific things that they want from a candidate, we can add AI to that call to make sure that they've said it and they've referenced it and they've used the appropriate phrases. So your shortlisting exercise, you haven't got this to 10, 30 minute calls. You've just got to run the AI engine over the speech text and maybe listen to two decks. Yeah. It's, it's that kind of thing. That, and think of the time that you get back then. Oh, time, absolutely. But it's remembering and finding the right person. Like yeah. this is about matching, you know. It, it's one of the things I've seen and I think is happening you think of the bullhorn marketplace and all the different products that are plugged in around bullhorn and, and i heard it described as you know you've three different types of software crm platforms you've the ones who are locked and you only use theirs and everything is theirs you've the ones that will allow certain people in and then you've the ones that are plugged into everything okay yeah. and one of the beauties for us is that we can plug in 
very simply these other technologies. So video interviewing is becoming hugely popular. I'm still not 100%, you know, on it. And I look at some of the technologies that are out there and they're not quite there yet. But there's someone jumping on to a, a particular bandwagon, particularly in COVID, video became a big part for people. But I like Zoom, you like Teams, and now I'm using a third party product and the person doesn't know how to use it. Whereas if, as you say, if you can be the, the vehicle or the, you think of it, you're the railway tracks. And you can put whatever carriage you like onto it. It's you know, exactly the analogy that we use. That that's amazing. all right. Yeah. Exactly so you know. So to me, I just think that is, you know, where the future goes. You know, this client wants me to use Zoom, so we plug in Zoom. You know, but the recording is a big thing for us. So when we do a handover call or a we call it a spotlight call with a client, when we talk about the role, the people working on that role may not be available. So we look to try record that so that we can then come back. And someone who's maybe the recruiter who wasn't available or you don't want 10 people on the call, the people who's doing the shortlisting, they can listen back and they go, ah, that's what they're looking for. But if you could give me the text of that, that really helps. Yeah, yeah. If you could give me a recording. So if Cloud Call could record whatever that plugin or the carriage is, suddenly and it's back in my CRM and it's delivered into it. Um, so that's, that's a big move, you know, going yeah. forward. Good stuff. What about outside of work? What, 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 are you, what are you doing? Not that we get to go out much anymore. But until they, they made us stay inside, what, 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 what kind of things do you get up to in your spare time? Because you sound like a very busy... Uh... I'm in self-isolation at the moment. It's very funny. I, I snuck away. Just we, we were struggling with lockdown. So I, I was very lucky. In Ireland, recruitment was an essential service. Right. So we sent everybody home from the office two, maybe a week or two weeks before the government sent everyone home. And our logic was... We didn't want people on public transport. We didn't want people bringing COVID into the office and everyone getting sick, right? Yeah. And it was, you know, it was for our staff. It was also for business reasons. If everyone's sick, we can't do recruitment. It's yeah, very yeah. hard to do business. Yeah. So, so there was both of those. But the reality then is we, we were in that, I, I'm going to call it survival mode. So we were all in our houses. I was lucky I was able to go in and out of the office. I had a letter when I was stopped by the police and I was stopped by the police three and four times a day. I would show my letter. And I remember feeling very sorry for myself with how lockdown was going. And this policeman stopped me. He was a young guard, a guard in Ireland, it's the police. Um, he was a young guard. And he basically, I showed him the letter. And I was really down in the dumps. I was, you know, wasn't doing well with it. And the guard said to me, ah, oh, you're an essential like me. And I kind of went, I don't feel as essential as what he's doing, right? But what I'm kind of getting to is because we couldn't do anything, we suddenly became this cooking, you know, my sons got into cooking, food became a big thing. And, you know, getting certain food and what we were eating and we became very dinner and family dinners became a really important things. We start doing a lot of walks together and, and stuff we did. I, I live in a beautiful place and we're inside a wall and it's 1100 acres and there's only about a hundred houses in here. And the, the brilliant thing was we were able to walk within that freely, those grounds. So we were off exploring and doing lots of stuff. So family became really important. So I think that bond was phenomenal out of this. So to answer your question in a very long way, I love playing golf. That's my okay. thing. So anyway, we, we snuck away. We'd had enough of this lockdown. We have other stuff coming up and later on in the summer, and it was kind of the only time. So we went to Spain for a week, and the government was due to change the law that you didn't have to do two weeks self-isolation when you came back while we were away. And they delayed it. 
So we came back and it's only this week. So we've had to do two weeks self-isolation and it's amazing. We're doing it because it's the right thing to do. But it's, you know, our golf club just sent out a notice saying if you're traveling, you shouldn't play golf for playing competitions because it's risky to the other members. And, and that's the right thing to do. So golf is a big thing for us. So we were in Spain and we played every day. So my wife and my two sons play. We have great competitions. It's very competitive. You know, we have a 12-year-old, a, an 18-year-old and myself. And we play each six holes with a different partner. And you carry your score forward. So it became a week-long competition. So golf is a big, big part of what we do uh, as a family. The other thing we all do is skiing. And it's a family. We've all learned to ski and we ski together. And it's amazing to have that interest that we do stuff. Yeah. Then, you know, when you have two young boys, they're mad into sports and taekwondo. One of them's a black belt and the young fellow was supposed to be doing his black belt exams in the middle of all of this, but it's been put off and hopefully he'll do it by the end of the year. As a 12 year old to be a black belt is kind of pretty amazing. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, watching sports, following sport is a big thing. Some of them are into rugby, some are into soccer. So we're, you know, kind of a fairly active fitness is a big thing um, we're, we're, we're very lucky we actually put in a, a small gym into the garage a number of months ago so we had it in before this and uh, we were all able to keep active so golf yeah our business is a big thing for us it's it's a louise allen recruitment louise allen is my wife and Alan Recruitment, she started, I'm only the hired help, you know. <laughs> uh, I always tell people that when I met her, um, she was my boss because we, we both worked in IT. Right. And she was the project manager and I was the database designer on a project. And that's how we met. And I said she was my boss when I met her and nothing has changed. She's still the boss. Yeah, yeah, it's good nice. practice. <laughs> it is, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, no, no, um, we, do, we do lots of stuff, you know, and yeah, kind of as a family, it's, it's great. But COVID, I think, has been great for people to reconnect you know, yeah. not everybody. I, I think the long-term effect is going to be tough on people. Yeah. I think the mental, that there's people who will never get another job, you know, out of this, that their industry is gone and they're of a certain age and it's going to be hard. I really feel for those people. Yeah. That has to be so tough. People who are struggling in their relationships, could you imagine being stuck in the same house in that situation? That has to be just so difficult. Yeah. So I, I think the knock-on effect on this is going to be massive to people, never mind the economy and mm -hmm. finances. I think mentally, I think there's going to be huge knocks on. And I think people are going to suddenly realize what's important, you know, and keeping yourself healthy, keeping yourself relatively fit, your family, your friends, those things really going to jump out. So, yeah. you know. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. I think you can't, you can't, not consider the the, the, the health impact the, 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 the number of people have lost their lives and that's awful tragic but if you are able to compartmentalize that and look at the broader picture of families spending more time together healthiness i, I live in a, a village in, in northamptonshire and there was no planes went over for weeks and weeks and yeah. then they a plane went over and we, what what is that and it, it no. was so long since we'd heard one that it, it was so loud and yet actually like Probably was always that loud. We just never noticed it. Never noticed it, or became used to it. Or, yeah, exactly. So, so you know, it's things like that that that's where I'm I'm hoping, hoping to see the the longer impact. And I think you're right. It's I think people are a bit more grateful for what they've got, and maybe not take for granted the freedoms that certainly in the UK, um, it, it, even just in, in in this village, we have don't take it for granted anymore. You know, it's it's yeah. we are very lucky to have what we've got. I really appreciate your time. It's been amazing to uh, to spend some time talking to you. Good James, stuff. really good Take talking to you. If you need anything it. else, just give us a shout. 
Cheers. Bye. Bye bye.